actually very big difference. So I don't know how much research you've done, but I've made a lot of mistakes here. I've already closed <laughs> three locations. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that was one. The biggest mistake was to think malls here function, you know, the way the malls function in the Philippines, like everyone goes to the mall over there. Here, people avoid the malls. <laughs> you know, and we learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. So well, we didn't get the foot traffic we were paying for. I, I thought that, you know, that's why we were paying triple for like four times the rent compared to uh, a regular plaza because we were going to get the foot traffic. But no, people don't go to the malls here. So the two locations I had closed, one after the other actually, mm -hmm. um, were in the malls because we made the mistake of building three stores within a span of a year. We just felt, okay, one time, big time investment. And then, you know, we're set thinking it was going to work. So we put all, all the, you know, funds we had and opened three instead of growing one at a mm -hmm. time, because that's how we did it in the Philippines. We opened two locations in just a span of six months and it worked out. But here it was different in the services and characteristics of customers are totally different. They do different things and even employees, uh, you know, employees is uh, another story. It's well, different. I was gonna... You manage them differently. Like just a concrete example in the Philippines, it was easy to like promote wearing masks. So even when COVID hit, it wasn't a big deal wearing masks. Here, I've been pushing that wearing masks from day one and nobody wanted to do it until it was mandated by law. So, you know, it, it's just different because habits over there, clients like seeing their texts in masks. Here, it's different. It's like they want to, you know, hug, you know, kiss, whatever <laughs> their texts when they come in. It's, the, it's just different. People behave very differently and the services we do are totally different as well. Well, you know, the, the thing that you said, um, I did research that, but I, I wanted you to, to, to surprise me, so to speak, and, and tell me because, but at the same time, even though that, that might be considered a mistake, I don't, in, in business, I don't, I, I firmly believe that everything is, uh, you know, is, is, is really a learning experience and corny as that may sound, but, but obviously it's just a matter of how much was the mistake, but sometimes you, you can't really control it if that, that's what your perception was okay maybe yes. you could have done this and you could have done that but as long as to me if you're in business and you survived it then you know you you live another day and trying to perfect what you what you dreamed about and what you know to be a valid business model right so but you know when i when you think about that you go okay well we were in the malls in a way because of what's happening now maybe maybe it wasn't a bad thing you know that you did end up closing it so to speak I mean, I, I know that was a few. I know that was like a few years back, but knowing what what it is with COVID, the way it is now, um, yeah. I mean, that's one thing I do notice too. In the Philippines, the, the the novelty of the mall is still very much a big thing. It's almost like sort of an event here. Everybody in the in the U.S. Everybody's about. Hey, you know what? I don't I don't want to waste my time there. I'll go online, especially now. So they they completely embrace that. And maybe someday or soon enough, it'll become the same way in the Philippines. But it's still a big thing to go to the malls in the Philippines. Yes. You know why they go to the malls in the mm -hmm. Philippines? 
because it's very hot and electricity back home is so expensive you know so so little people can afford air conditioning so that's the real reason people go to the malls well it's it's a practical thing and i get it i i remember when when a little story with us when our air conditioner broke down we would go visit model houses so that we can we can go to the air conditioning i mean one time that happened to us right you know in our personal residence well so i get that i mean it's practical i, I understand now as far as what you know your customer service that's another thing that mm-hmm. what if i'm a philippine manufacturer i'm always imagining how you know once i put a business out there how would it be even in even in products see I, i'm going to translate that because a lot of the clients or customers that i deal with um fiona is that they're you know they they want to promote their products here and to me it translates the same way you know mm-hmm. you discovered how they're taking to your services i mean you also have products okay and, and yes, maybe you do. can tell me yeah you could tell me a little bit about that also but you know i what i'm noticing is from what i gathered from you is that yes the, the products because it came from the philippines maybe it it did well there but it may be misunderstood here or maybe it has to be repackaged a certain way i i want you to tell me about that in terms of your products and your services and then what what can you do what can a philippine manufacturer do or prepare them to be able to say you know what you guys need to sort of adjust it and be prepared for that so tell me what your take on that is you know if you've seen our products our packaging they're really colorful mm-hmm. well, you know really full of color and even our website so coming here i think that came as a surprise to our clients mm-hmm. over the years they've gotten used to it and i've been pushing for like muted colors <laughs> but since we don't consume a lot of products my vote really doesn't count um, <laughs> <laughs> i think really they've just gotten used to it because now we sell a lot more products than mm-hmm. we did before because now they they tried it and they see that our products are you know great they work well so now the packaging is secondary We just try to advertise it a little bit, you know, differently than how they do it in the Philippines. But I think initially I wanted to change the packaging, but now I think it works. So you know, why change something that works? But it would need a lot more, you know, educating your audience that you know this is how it is. But focus on the benefits of the product instead of actually just how it looks. Okay. The well, I. That I get, I completely agree. I, I get that. Now my my thought process is that, you know, you didn't change it, right? So because because the thing that I run into with with my dealings and my you know the way I'm dealing with a lot of Philippine manufacturers, sometimes I get uh, customers who don't want to change the packaging, right? Yeah. Um, because they they like it a certain way, and that's fine. And, and I do agree that certain packaging has to be done in terms of color or whatever. And you just have to research it yourself. But I mean, obviously, the quality didn't change, so uh-huh. that's why you know you guys are doing the same thing. Tell me how many products you currently have, and, and you know what's your number one seller. We have our own like Bear brand. We have eight products, okay. and we sell the most of the lightening gel. That's the number one product for whitening of the underarms and the bikini line. Woo! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, I just had uh, an order for three bottles of that for wow. you know for one client. So, 
they well, use it because it's for maintenance and you can use it forever because some products you can only use for a few months and then you have to discontinue but our products are safe enough to use for life okay well with that being said what about your clientele i want to know because i want the manufacturer to know that it's not you're just not technically going after the filipino market even though technically there's nothing filipino about the name lay bear right it's not like you're yeah. saying it's a filipino business right and so that's why i want i want you to to expand on that like how are you attracting non-filipinos and what is the percentage of filipinos that are going to your to your uh, salon Actually, just a small percentage, like 5%, because we're wow. in Studio City, which is highly Caucasian. So we see 70% Caucasian, and mm -hmm. the other 30% would be divided among the other ethnicities. So okay. we don't really market to Filipinos per se. We just mm -hmm. market within our 5 to 10 mile radius within our area, and, and Filipinos just happen to care about us. Mm -hmm. um, but in Vegas, we particularly market to Filipinos because we're in the Filipino community. We're right across, you know, Seafood City. But mm -hmm. here, you know, it was different. And actually coming into the U.S., we were advised, you know, best by the Filipino business community that it was best not to say that we were from the Philippines because it might, you know, create, okay, how are you really that good if you're coming from the Philippines and, you know, services is a big deal. So oh even gosh. when we entered the mall, we were, you know, asked if we wanted to name ourselves L.A. Bear instead of Lake Bear. And so, you know, we're not open to change Well, yeah, that's what I'm, you know, that sometimes I get, I'm all about whatever will work. But sometimes, you know, people will come to you and change it. That's not your identity. And that was uh -huh. what you're trying to do. And then sometimes I, I personally get a little annoyed by that because it's like, you know more about my product than, 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 than me. And uh -huh. I'm saying, but, but, you know, also the sign of a good business person is obviously taking all information and, and uh -huh. seeing if it might work because you don't uh -huh. know, right? But that's good though. I mean, because... The, the one thing that I'm always telling the Filipino manufacturers is that you're not shooting for Filipino community because uh -huh. there are times, and this is where I'm probably going to piss off a lot of people, is that sometimes we could be our own worst critic, you know, That's in terms true. of our own product, you know, and then we can do a whole freaking show about that. But but my point is, is that that is, that is probably a detriment because of the fact that sometimes we overly um, are critical in that you should just look at the product is it is it solving your problem how easy is it and, uh -huh. and how much is it you know don't don't think don't put that that you know that label oh, it's from the philippines so i don't know if it's going to be good or not you know uh -huh. you know it yeah. sucks right it sucks to, to do that but i think that's what i that's what i'm trying to convey a lot of manufacturers and and and, and that's the part that i'm really having a problem with so tell me about that have you had that experience yourself Actually, people are so pleased to know that we're from the Philippines, especially once they learn how many locations we have. I don't think it's been a negative at all. Mm -hmm. Especially they, you know, they research about us. They're very impressed. I, I, I have yet to meet somebody, a client, you know, who comes in who ha hasn't been impressed by them. And, so, and this is, and this is, and, and these are not issues. 
these are non-Filipinos, right? Yes, non-Filipinos are even more impressed than regular Filipino Filipinos yeah, well, who come in. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. That's why I think that if you're a Philippine manufacturer or a franchisee coming into the United States, you know, forget about you know the Philippine stuff, and then forget about the fact that you're not to shoot for that market. You're just going to shoot for the person who can appreciate a yes. good product, a good service, and don't worry about all the other stuff. Because you know, the moment the moment a Philippine manufacturer comes to me, they go, "Yeah, uh, wh where are we going to sell? We're going to distribute it in the Filipino, you know, like Seafood City, Island Pacific." Uh -huh. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying it goes beyond that. But see. To me, you you were, I, I'm going to dare to say you were somewhat, I think you had enough capital to be able to do in it, to win it, sort of a, an attitude, right? Not like, okay, yes. we'll see for six months and then, uh -huh. you know, I get that. I get that too, right? I get a lot of that from the Philippine manufacturers. They want to come in and kind of test the waters when I go, uh -huh. you know, we can help you research, but you have to know that it's not going to take like two months, three months, and all of a sudden everybody wants to buy your product. Exactly. Right. So with you, when when did you feel that? When did you feel that? When the moment you landed and created Lay Bear, how did how long did it take for you to feel good about it? Can you tell me like uh, the the first customer, or maybe like so many months, and you realize, oh, the people are actually at least calling us or at least inquiring. When did you get that feeling like, wow, it, it actually took six months to a year, but hey, we're doing it. Uh -huh. Well, we opened Suyo City in July 2012, and it was really slow. I think the first full month we had two or three zero days, and it took nine months to even hit 16 clients. But when we opened our second store in April 2013, the mall location, Topanga, it surpassed Studio City on the third month. Wow. So people were, you know, were going there. We saw a lot more Filipinos in Topanga Mall because that, you know, Canoga Park area. I think over there we saw like 25 to 30 percent Filipino clientele. So we grew. That was actually a, a busy location. And the only reason I closed that was the rent was too steep, but it was making more than Studio City that time. Um, but I would say opening the Topanga location, that's when I knew and saw, you know, that we, okay, we actually, you know, are making it. But you see, that's where a lot of determinations, persistence, and everything that you've learned about business and what you've observed, basically, is that you stayed in it. I, I'm sure there were a lot of other, there were other motivating or uh, factors involved, but to me, that's what I'm always trying to convey to um to manufacturers that you you can't just do it for like say a, a month or two you have to really find people that believe in the product know how to market it and just you know if you you really have to commit uh yes. if, 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 to, to the to a marketing plan because it's not just going to be overnight i mean oh, yeah. look, look, you know what mm -hmm. i mean you, mm -hmm. it, it's just it, it's just ridiculous to to think that you're going to hit it big in about six months so i told them <laughs> You know, because you get it. It's like that's that's yeah. the thing that blows my mind. You uh -huh. know, but but see, it took you a while, but you're you're here and you're gonna continue. And I'm I, I want I want Vegas to be awesome for you, only because my parents are there. <laughs> oh, kidding, yeah, I love Vegas. <laughs> I think it's the first, it's the ideal first franchise location. So we're very happy about them. Well, but yeah, it is. It is probably ideal, and I probably wish that you probably would have done that earlier there too, because Vegas is the place to have. A waxing salon, you know. Yes. I, I don't want to make any comments or anything, except that that 
there's a, a lot of varying degrees of beauty and uh-huh. and, and, and the way they want to look and and everybody's just into that so i, yes, I that would true. be an amazing place for you and and i hope that it continues to go because of what's happening with covid i know you're 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 bouncing back from that so i want to spend the, the last 10 maybe 15 minutes of our conversation and talking about um your opinions and giving advice to philippine manufacturers and then Uh, let's go a little bit on on how you're managing COVID because let's be realistic that I wouldn't I wouldn't be a sincere and transparent podcast because I think with what's happening with COVID and how it's affecting businesses you have to put that into the mix because it's not yes. about whether the U.S. market is not good or it sucks or whatever it's just that sometimes you're thrown you know uh, there, there's a challenge that just thrown upon you and you have to figure out as an entrepreneur how you're going to pivot or change or or do so to keep going so with that said what kind of advice can you give philippine manufacturers so that they'll be empowered um to 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 keep going to to really believe in the product and say u.s market i can do that you know so what can you tell them i would say if they're in our industry like beauty products uh if i could go back you know eight years i would have done like sell products online well online wasn't too big then but now if they're wanting to come in they can always sell online just to create presence already without them being physically here you know start with an etsy or shopify store uh it 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 creates you know a lot of free you know marketing for them so Mm -hmm. before investing so much I'm sure every Filipino has, you know, a family member who lives here. You know, so like send some of your products here and see how it does first. Instead <laughs> of putting, you know, all your eggs in one ba- basket. Because I know, like, I have friends with one of the franchisors in the Philippines from Afi. And he ha- kind of had that mindset. Okay, I'll try it for three to six months. And if you're coming in with that kind of mindset, it really would be, I think, more challenging to succeed. You should be like envisioning success and, you know, being here for the long term if you really wanted to be here because that's my goal. I really wanted to be here, be number one in the U.S., you know, so far from that. But, you know, we're still alive after eight years because that's always been my mindset. But to be more practical for, you know, people who are unsure, they want to like move, pack up and move like I did, is to partner up with somebody local and see how their products would fare first. Well, um, I, I've had my share of that and that's how I'm promoting the company is to be the guy who who's here already and give you data. Because at the end of the day, I'm always just promoting data, right? Because you you can't you can't buy experience. You can yeah. buy data. You can buy people's wisdom and and you know and, and share, right? I mean that kind of a thing. There'll be so much research. I mean, uh-huh. there's going to be a point where you just keep researching and researching, and that'll make you uh-huh. feel better, right? But at the end yes. of the day, the important thing is that you you have to know that you have to believe in the product. And mm-hmm. you have enough data to make sure that you go. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go for it. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go for it. You know. And and I'm sure I'm sure in many ways that you have to go through that. And 
And I really want to continue for them to, you know, some Philippine manufacturers to just really research people that can help you, like the DTI, you know, and then entrepreneurs, uh-huh. the Chamber of Commerce, which you Chamber belong to. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. yes. And, you know, um, I didn't have all those, you know, contacts coming in. So kind of uh, a lot of um, the learning process was really long for me. <laughs> well, I, I remember I, I, I met you in 2018 at the uh, Asian Journal Trade Show. And I think that oh, was, yeah. Kind of, yeah, I mean, you don't remember that, but I remember that well because you, you've always been very nice, though. That's one thing I remembered from you. And then. On top of that, you were you were doing whatever it took. You even actually said yes to to promoting your product as, as small as it was to to my organization back. Oh back yeah, that yeah, fungus and brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've come a long way in terms of the way you you marketed the product. But I that's what I was admi- admiring about you was that you were willing to do what it took to to promote the product and and, and the service because that's what it was about it's just that you, mm-hmm. you were here and you created all these really cool networks especially the the chamber and you've met a lot of interesting people i know and, yeah. and you have that that's been your journey mm-hmm. right so with yes. that being with that being said the other part of your journey that you're taking on now is just let's just spend a little bit of time you know last few minutes of our interview um about COVID, uh, coronavirus, and how it's affecting your business. I don't need to know the little details of it, but the one thing that when you told me that last week when I spoke to you, the one thing that resonated again in my mind was that, thank goodness there was some help. Okay, I'll, I'll yes. give them that. Okay, so tell me how when you found out and then and then you were you were happy to at least get something. You know, take me through that and then how you're pivoting from that and how you're moving forward with that. Well, it happened so quickly. March 19, there was a press con by the mayor that said that, okay, well, our businesses are going to be closed. And we thought it was just going to be closed for two weeks. But we were closed from March 20 to June 20. And so that day, when the announcement was made, I applied for an EIDL because it came out that day or even a day before. Unfortunately, we got declined for that, but we did get the advance. I'm still appealing that decision. And then we applied for so many other grants and loans. We got um, the PPP, we got, we got an LA City microloan, and we got one grant from LISC. So that has enabled us to pay salaries until May 23. Um, and then the rest, uh, I told the staff to just collect from EDD because all the funds we have left, we, you know, we still owe the landlord and we have other creditors. But at least I'm very happy that we were able to pay our staff full hours from March 20 to May 23. So two full months because not everyone um, got EDD or unemployment um, insurance. I'm not sure why the others didn't qualify. And we were able to pay rents. We're still not, you know, fully paid for June, but you know, no one's going after us and we're not going, you know, to file bankruptcy or anything like that. So we're hanging in there. But the biggest challenge is we lost, you know, our memberships. We operate on a membership basis and a third of our revenue come from those memberships. And you can imagine if you're close, people are not going to want to pay those memberships. So memberships have been zero since May 1. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we offered to double their credits in April, so we were able to collect on a little over 200 memberships in April. Again, that helped us out a lot. Um, but now we're trying to rebuild that. We started at 280 before COVID, and now we're working our way back up. I think as of today, we resigned 36, but again, that's not a lot because we need that to be uh, at the 250 mark <laughs> to be able to help out with the revenue. So right now in June is one of our busiest months, top three busiest months of the year. So uh, we'll see how this month performs, but we're looking at like we're making third or afford of what we did last June, even if we're like fully booked every day. We have been fully booked since we reopened. And we had to extend hours just to make sure that, you know, we're following social distancing guidelines and, you know, appointments being spread out. And we have more staff members um, coming in per day, but, you know, different shifts, staggered shifts. Um, so we've been very lucky because we've been fully booked and we're fully booked until this weekend. Well, we're you know reaching what? out to everyone. Um, one thing I'm very t thankful for is our platform. It kept us in contact with clients. You know, every single day they can text us, email us. I I just wasn't there to pick up the phone and I don't like forwarding <laughs> to my personal <laughs> phone because I'm gonna be busy all day when I do that. So, but they could easily text us. So they didn't feel like we were gonna close up because I think that's the fear of a lot of clients. Okay, I have so many so many credits like on my membership and then you're gonna file bankruptcy or close shop i think that's what people were scared of because they saw a lot of businesses closing up i mean in our plaza one restaurant had closed and then the one next to us they're probably not gonna reopen too so you know it was a reality but it never really crossed my mind again because i'm a very optimistic person and then second we we got a lot of help and the the break actually gave me time to focus on online sales we didn't make like super a lot of money but it opened that door you know i never had the time to focus on online sales well we actually sold you know enough to make me believe that there's potential there's potential in that so i yeah. I, I, I was just going to say that I, I, for one, I'm very optimistic about your business model. And the reason being is that <laughs> I, I told you last week, um, you know, just even on the basis of me being a guy and I needed a haircut, right? Uh -huh. um, I need a haircut. I, I, I'm, always, I'm always killed somebody. I, I was so desperate. I had my son cut my hair and, and luckily he knew how to cut hair a little bit, right? <laughs> But you can't do that with the type of service that you provide, girlfriend, okay? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just a matter of the message there for me is you just need to be creative. Yes. You, need to be, you need to be persistent. You need uh -huh. to, to always be listening and educating yourself with every tool that possibly you can get your hands on to be able uh -huh. to do it. Because you've already established that the business model and the product that you're serving or, or, or promoting is a needed service. I mean, yes. you know, some people may may have varying degrees on the need, but I still believe it's like it's like a haircut. You you need it. <laughs> some, yes, it's a, actually, a lot, a lot of, of degree, clients right? had said that. Yeah, yes. it's essential. <laughs> yeah, see, so for for some for you to to say or even think about giving up, no, that would be more like from your character because the business model is sound. You just have to figure out how to say maybe pivot 
and say mm -hmm. to yourself, well, maybe I need to do this more to get this mm -hmm. thing going until, because with us, to me, yes, we're facing this unknown uh, situation, right? But you, you, you know, we're just trying to buy time. Everybody's just buying time until hopefully they find a cure soon and we don't have to go through a lot of this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I, but I'm also still very optimistic in terms of the Philippine manufacturers want to bring their products here because, you know, like you said, there were some programs that enabled you to maybe not fully cover everything, but just mm -hmm. something, the offer, right? That, that That's, that's uh, available in the U.S. And then yes. there's a lot of other business entities that you could tap to be able to continue, uh, like the SBA and things like that. So to, uh, to the message of the Philippine manufacturers, the, the U.S. market will always be amazing, but you cannot go into it just thinking like, I'm just going to put my foot and maybe start wading in, yes. the, in the pool, right? And see if it's cold or hot, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. I think you have to be committed from day one that you're going to make it work because it is a huge investment, number one. Second, it's a lot of work. You know, it's not like the Philippines where you can like pay a fixer uh, a reasonable amount of money and do everything for you, for example. Here, you know, you have to do everything on your own. So you have to give up a lot of comforts to make mm -hmm. it here. But I think it's truly worth it. I still believe in, you know, minus the colonial mentality, but the U.S. <laughs> it is the center of the world, you know? If you yeah. you make it big in the U.S., you can make it anywhere. And that's the reason we entered this country. You know, um, we're, we're coming into that, that end of the hour, and I, I want to ask a question. And maybe this is my your parting question, but you you're more than welcome to have a parting, not a parting question, parting come. <laughs> but my 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 question is is made up of the mindset that I'm always a big fan of because you could have the greatest of a business model, but if you don't have the right mindset, and I know that reading from your uh, from what I read in the in the uh, on the internet, you you have your mentors, and I won't get into that, but I know you have mentors. So I'm I'm also a big fan of mentors and having a mastermind group, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you this last question because I want to end it with with the mindset that no matter what your product is, no matter what your service is, if you have a good mindset and you have people that already support you, I really believe you can do anything. So with that being said, what what did you learn? Uh, what was your greatest lesson? And, and you know what you've grown, you know uh, so far with what you've what you've experienced. How has this grown, and what has this made you a better uh, businesswoman? What did you what did you take away so far from your journey uh, in being the the, uh, the owner, co-owner, and co-founder of Lay Bear? What how, how does that change you? Well, I I kind of tapped on it um, a while ago. I think you know all those mistakes. I made in the past actually paid off and those were the greatest learnings like what you said like opening in the malls i looked at as a mistake before but now i'm thankful that they had closed in and that i made that mistake on my own instead of like making it for a franchisee for example because if i didn't go through that i wouldn't know that it wouldn't have worked and I think one learning too, you know, I was so stubborn coming from the Philippines, pushing and pushing things that work in the Philippines and applying it here. I was so reluctant to do the membership model until two years ago. And you know how our, our revenue grew by 30 to 40% immediately when I turned those on. 
because I felt, you know, in the Philippines it didn't work yet, but the U.S. is a totally different country. Well, that, that's know, what, people like memberships here. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, they they for whatever reason, you know, U.S. is so about belonging, you know, and then getting getting a discount of some sort. When yes, you do and that. very discount oriented. You know, in the Philippines, we only do discounts when we open. But here we have points, we have referral, everything. So, you know, you, you get a reward for everything you do. Yeah, because they, you know, the, the American consumer, the U.S. market is all about trying to get a good deal. Uh, exactly. And, and if yeah, they can so get it, why not? that's what I learned too. They're always looking for a deal. So you try to give them that. But they, they're very loyal um, clients too. So once you met that need of theirs, we've had clients <laughs> coming in. Like today, I saw one client because I, I covered the brand for an hour. She has been with us when she was in college and now she, she got engaged, she got married, and now, you know, she's going to start a family probably soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we saw her grow up. It's so to, to me, you know, uh, you learn a lot. Now, my, my last part of that question was more like I was trying to figure out how, how did you grow as a businesswoman? You know, that, I went in that big, big business because of the fact we started it in terms of your growth. Like right now, are you more of a, a fierce businesswoman? You understand more about people? You do, um, what trait did you end up, as far as your journey, what did you improve in terms of this journey? And uh, because before, uh -huh. I think I'm more fierce, but more calm. And <laughs> because when I was younger, you know, I've gotten into a lot of trouble because of my temper <laughs> in business. You know, <laughs> dealing with the Philippine government. You know, it, it, it's bit, it's gonna get you angry all the time. And you know, I've gotten in trouble with losses and all that because I I just very stubborn and my temper was I I was angry all the time basically so now <laughs> I think I know better and try uh -huh. to see things from another person's point of view and I just don't judge and just more relaxed I think because also I'm more into health and you know fitness right now mm -hmm. I'm more steady so that help and of course when you're older <laughs> you you learn that nothing ever gets solved with you know a bad temper I'm gonna tease everyone and play with you a little bit. Yeah, everybody check out Fiona's Facebook. She's trying to, <laughs> trying to get fit, you know, she's awesome. So <laughs> it helps, really. It helps. No, no, I know it I know it helps. I mean, because of the fact that I'm a I'm a big fan of that too. As I, I try to grow my own business, I find that, you know, sometimes I find if I find either either getting sleepy or I'm stressing out, you know what I do? I just try I'm trying to be more automatic with it. I just I just go on the ground and do some push-ups. <laughs> Exactly. Because any anything to get the endorphins, I'm, I'm I'm training myself to say, okay, do something really quick so I can maybe like a quick shot of endorphin. I don't have to feel bad, you know. Like, mm -hmm. and, and so far I tried it for like two weeks and it's worked for me. Like where mm -hmm. I just do that, you know, because you're trying yeah. to get yourself off from the doldrums or maybe you're pissed off about something and all that. So anyway, yes, okay, Fiona, Fiona. Um, if you don't have any parting words, I'm just going to go ahead and say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. And, thank uh, you. Thank you for having me. No, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to, to release this and have people listen to you. And, you know, I hope our listeners, especially the Philippine manufacturers, learn from the great wisdom you just shared, Fiona. And I hope that, you know, what I'm really hoping for is that it really empowers them 
to hopefully expand their market into the United States and beyond because it's not about just making money because I think that if you can create that that means obviously you can create livelihoods right uh, back yes. in the Philippines and then one of my other guests made a good point so many of so many Fil Filipino families get broken up because they have to work in other countries right yes. so uh -huh. it, if you can create livelihood that means not too many have to go I mean some people like that it's all good right but mm -hmm. you know if you can do a little bit of that where you stay home and take care of the family that way that's perfect right and then exactly. also I want to wish you more success, especially the one in Vegas, especially in the coming years. And then you continue to strive and then hopefully take on these challenges that you have. And then, you know, the many entrepreneurs are they're, they're facing the same thing. And I, I appreciate you being so candid with what you went through. But that's the reality. I'm sure the Philippine uh, businesses are facing the same thing. But the point that I was making earlier was that cool. You know, it, it's in the in the U.S. They also support them here. Right mm -hmm. now. Um, I will let you have a parting comment because I want to end it with you but I, before I do my official sign-off. So is there anything that you want to say to either Philippine manufacturers or about your business or whatever? I think as an entrepreneur, the number one thing on your mind is offering value and it grows from there. So I believe from day one that sugaring is the most amazing innovation in hair removal. And I wanted to share that with the world. Well, you definitely are going to do a good job with it because I think your your mindset is in is in the in the right place. Your mind, yeah, your your philosophy and your demeanor is all about that too. Okay. With that being said, thank you again for tuning in, everyone, to this podcast episode of Philippine Products Redefined by Planet Sixty Three. I am your grateful host, Ferdinand Soriano. Please come back again soon, and I'd like to leave you with this: Be well. Be thankful and be great, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye, Fiona. Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs>